everybody. Welcome to the Hidden Gems Podcast. And this is a show where we like to take on a streaming service and give you the hidden gems that you can find on that service. It's so much fun. We have a great time doing it. And I'm film critic Rachel Wagner and Ryan is here. Hey, Rachel. It's great to be back with you once again. You, the, the week that I have had has just been crazy, crazy town. Crazy good and crazy, <laughs> like, not bad, but just like, kind of, I don't know how to describe it, but um, on Saturday, Saturday I ran, I ran in a 5k and I did excellent. Yeah. I went to the Rolex. Thank you. Uh, I went to the Rolex 24, uh, saw Gabriel Iglesias uh, in, in concert or concert, I guess. And that was a lot of fun. And then in the middle of all of that, my computer crashes. And so my Twilight Zone video on The Howling Man is now delayed, but it will be up soon, later this week. My yeah. Fargo reaction is delayed. I had to shoot uh, episode five of Life in the Movies with, with Jacob on my old setup, my old laptop that's like five years old, but I was able to get it done, so there is that. That episode is on my channel, in case you're interested. And so, ugh, it's just been a, it's just been one of those weeks. Yeah. Sometimes it's just a lot. It piles on <laughs> and then piles on some more. I know. I understand how that is. Uh, yes. February's definitely busy. Went to my first uh, press screening uh, uh, of the year. Uh, and then I'm going to one tomorrow. So that's busy. Going to see um, Death on the Nile tomorrow. And then, uh, and then seeing, um, I saw Moonfall today. So it's been pretty pretty epic <laughs> and you can't say anything but we were no. talking off camera about it and well yeah. what, and 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 i, I don't want to get you in trouble but um well mr well, by the is, time this comes out the embargo will have left so uh, so yeah the moonfall it is a very over the top very silly movie that if you take it on those on those levels it's it's just kind of fun because it's ridiculous. So <laughs> stay in that lane, Roland. Don't make any comments <laughs> about comic book movies. Oh wait, he did, and they're yeah. just about as tone deaf as you might imagine. Ridiculous. Uh, anyway, what are we talking about today for Hidden Gems? Uh, we're talking about Discovery Plus, and this is one that we do not talk about often. I was yeah. we were talking about this and. I wanted to try and kind of branch out and talk about Discovery Plus, which we haven't talked about in a while. Tubi, which has really stepped up their game. I don't know if you've been paying attention, but Tubi has just been like, all right, let's let's throw some stuff on there. And I've, the, the Before Trilogy is on there. And this isn't a Tubi episode. I would like to do one. Coming all, up. I'm saying, <laughs> all I'm saying is that it's like these services are really just, they're up in their game. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. No, definitely. I agree. And it's a little fun talking about Tubi again. And today we are talking about Discovery Plus. And this is our third time talking about Discovery Plus. And they are a really fun niche streaming service. It's not that expensive, $6.99 a month. And I've had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, me too. It's given me a chance to relive all of the food shows I used to watch when I was in middle school, like Chopped and 
some of yeah. the that I have on that I'm going to be talking about that I would just binge for like like not all night long but definitely until like the wee hours of the morning yeah I pretty much these kinds of shows that are on the Discovery Plus app are perfect filler shows when you mm. when you don't want something that has like an, a plot or something that you're going to have to follow you just want something to keep you company while you're eating dinner or you know whatever it might be you want you've got a half an hour and you don't want anything with too much emotion you just want to relax and watch an episode of chop that's like a perfect <laughs> perfect thing to do yeah and it's it's never not fascinating to see what a trained chef can do with a basket full of like say like chicken like like chitlins and like yeah. like caramel popcorn <laughs> or like a giant gobstopper or something like that what what always surprises me on chopped is that you'll have these chefs that have never used what i would consider a very basic ingredient you know mm -hmm. like i've never cooked with crab before how have you never <laughs> cooked with crab or you know or something like that that just is like that's a normal ingredient that's not even that weird yeah i i, I love how to get rid of to get around like certain trademarks they name things differently like yeah, I remember there true. was one episode they used what is essentially fruit loops but they got around it by saying fruit ring cereal of like right yeah what the? <laughs> fruit <ring> cereal <laughs> or and like m ms or candy coated chocolates or oh, uh, yeah. oreos or sandwich chocolate sandwich cookies i was like just getting into that yeah, yeah. It's just so funny is like, mm -mm, that's good. Royalty free. Yeah. yeah and it's just, I, I, I was, it was just the other day I was watching in person was like, I swear it was something like salmon or something. I, I've never cooked. What? How have you never cooked with salmon? Salmon's <laughs> like the most, the most basic fish you could imagine. Like I've had salmon and I can count the amount of seafood I've had on one hand. And I think that's Yeah. I don't know. I just think it's, I guess, I guess some chefs just stay in their niche and that's all they cook and they don't go out of it at all. But, uh, but, uh, that's funny. And then of course they have stuff that like nobody ever uses or nobody, uh, nobody likes like when they use durian, which I've never actually tried. It looks so gross and I guess it smells yeah. terrible. Yeah, every time I see durian, I just I just cringe. I'm just like, <laughs> what the? And it heck? looks like it has kind of a spongy texture from looking at it. And I'm like, ooh. I always thought so it looked like the egg from Alien, where Kane, like John Hurt's character, is on the ship, <laughs> and the egg kind of like just, yeah. and you yeah. see the egg, <laughs> like, and you're just, like, oh, what is that? And then, oh, like that. <laughs> That's true. I agree. It does look like that. Yeah, we did uh, one year when we were all home, we did a, a chopped challenge. Oh, that sounds um, like My fun. siblings and I, and it was really fun. Yeah, I still bitter that I didn't win. I should have <laughs> won. <laughs> I made curry uh, with a lamb curry with a uh, chutney on, and then uh, I made... Uh, I made cheesecake and I thought that was going to be a home run because my dad like loves cheesecake, but they, they didn't give it to me. I shot. <laughs> like I played, like I've made the thing you like, dad, like, come yeah. on. 
I guess maybe the downside to picking cheesecake was maybe that he's super picky also because he loves it so much. I don't know. Oh, that's okay. But uh, but my sister Anna won. It was it was shocking. But uh, but anyway, we did that. We had one of my best memories of growing up was two years in when I was in high school. We did these very elaborate cooking contests in the summer. Uh, where we would literally plan for months and we'd have <laughs> like a whole, uh, a couple of days to get all the ingredients and, and, uh, and we had themes each time one was pick a country. And then the next year was, uh, was to do, um, fish. I think it was a sea or seafood challenge. Um, and, uh, that was really fun and my parents were supposed to pick a winner <laughs> um but instead they gave each of us like a little appliance so like a toaster or, you know something like that for us for going off to college and you know our space and stuff uh and that that is one of my happiest memories that was so much fun and i i did um one year i did noki uh, the Italian, uh, the country year, I did Italian and antipasto and then gnocchi. And then I uh, can't remember what I did for dessert. And then the year after that, I did a crab boil, Ina Garten's crab boil mm. and scar yeah, <laughs> clam, clam bake. Um, and then I made a three citrus cheesecake and that one actually did win. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Wait, what was the three citruses? Like I like it orange. was lime lemon and orange i was going to guess lemon and yeah. lime too. <laughs> yeah and that was pretty tasty so anyway that was a really fun fun time uh and, and we had um one of my friends from who was from china uh with us visiting for that week that we were, we were doing the contest and she was like wow you all have really fancy food <laughs> she thought this was like we like ate every day you know lobster and stuff like that <laughs> like, yeah so anyway, but it was just for that week. <laughs> anyway, but that's the fun of Discovery Plus is you can kind of live vicariously. You can have those experiences, but you just live vicariously through, you know, these chefs and these other programs and house hunting and things like that. Yeah. And, and in one of the, one of our past episodes, I recommended Unwrapped and the, the Mark mm -hmm. Summers version. I haven't right. seen the Alfonso Ribeiro one. I hear it's good, but I have mm -hmm. not. I've only seen the original. I watched the original unwrapped and it was on like late at night. And I remember I would sleep over at my grandma's house like like on Saturdays, like sometimes. And we would just watch unwrapped until like 10, 11 o'clock at night. And it's, I don't know why. It's just some of my, it's very nice memories of mine. That's, that's, that's all. And so Discovery Plus has like some very nostalgic shows for me. Yeah, I think a lot of people feel that way. Even the trashy reality shows. <laughs> I think there's a certain degree of nostalgia almost about them too. We all have that <laughs> show that we watch that we don't like to admit that we watch. Like yeah. for example, when it was on, I used to watch Total Divas. It was a reality show <laughs> around some of the WWE's women's yeah. I'm such a big wrestling fan I didn't think I'd get addicted to it but I kind of did it was like I got attached to like Nikki and Brie and and Paige and Nia and yeah and, and and just 
I didn't think I would, but I did. I think I'm finally, I think I'm finally out on Sister Wives. This last season has been so unpleasant and so, like it used to just be like a fun disaster, like a total train wreck. And now it's just like a miserable disaster. It's not fun anymore. But that was probably my show. I did watch the Duggars for a long time and then that also got kind of ruined. But um, but anyway, uh, let's dive in and start sharing our uh, our picks this time. So mine is pretty heavy on the Food Network side, This my list this time. Uh, and I start with the best thing I ever ate. And even though it makes me cringe every time I hear that title because it's the grammar's so bad. Uh, but I guess they just felt like they couldn't say the best thing I've ever eaten, <laughs> which would have been the correct, uh, the correct grammar. But anyway, <laughs> the show itself is a lot of fun. They have a topic uh, that then they have the different Food Network and Discovery Plus talent uh, dis- describing a favorite food that fits into that topic. And then they sort of profile the restaurant and and uh it's it's a lot of it's it's good and one thing that i do often if i'm traveling i'll either look up diners drive-ins and dives for that town or the best thing i ever ate for that town and you can find really good places uh we just did we did that uh this summer when i was in oceanside i looked that and we found this italian restaurant for uh that had been on diners drive-ins and dives and it was delicious. It was really good. So that can be a good little, it can be a good little way of uh, a resource for when you're traveling too. Yeah. The, this show is one of, one of my favorite like food network intros where they have the chefs going like, people always ask us. And, yeah. and like, it's a montage of people saying like, what's your favorite food? Like, what's the best <laughs> thing you've ever had? And it's yeah. like, well, that's why we're here. It that's is. like the first season, first couple seasons, that one. That's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, I love that intro and I love, I love the, the passion they have for the food that they talk about. It, it's, it's infectious. Yeah. yeah, I do too. And I, even if it's something that I have no interest in, like say if it's on cocktails or something like that, that I, I still kind of like hearing people talk about stuff they love. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your first pick? So my first choice is from the History Channel, and it is Forged in Fire. Uh, this is a show, it's kind of like Chopped, but instead of food, it's like ancient weapons. It, basically, it's three rounds, and these ancient weapon specialists have to build a certain weapon. Like, I believe in the first season, they have to build like a, a Japanese katana, a sword used during the Crusades, and things like that. And there are judges... And at the end of the time, they, uh, the weapons get tested to see if they'll cut, if they'll be strong. And I, I kind of love the, I love this show and I love like, I love this and Top Shot, which is not on, uh, which is not on Discovery Plus that I know of, but I love these kind of weapons like type shows. I, I just, I love learning about the history of them and and Fortune Fire is very much a competition type show, kind of like Chopped. However, you also learn something, or at least I learn quite a bit about the various swords and and guns and other, or not guns in the case of Fortune Fire, but but in other things. And 
when people say that they're like, oh, we're as violent today as ever. That's true in a certain sense, but you should see some of the stuff people were throwing around back in the back in the good old days. Like like some of this stuff is downright illegal today. You just look at it, you're like, who came up with this? Whose brain <laughs> operates in a fashion like this? So they actually make the swords and other things like that there on the show? Yes. Oh, and wow. Then, I've never heard of this one. And then they have like a cutting test where say they'll have like a dummy or, or some like inanimate object and the expert takes it and they use it. And sometimes, and it's because it's on limited resources, it's a matter of making sure the blade is like a certain thickness because if it's too thick then it's like a block it's going to be like it's going to be like that if they get it thin enough to where it'll cut through then they're golden it, it's a it's a delicate science <laughs> yeah that sounds interesting though i think that would be fun to watch see people create stuff yeah we always joke and they love bringing in into on homework shows they love bringing in glass blowing and <laughs> And my friend Dory, she's like, glass blowing is not sexy. <laughs> it's not. They keep trying to make it all cozy and everything. And she's like, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Well, my next pick is uh, called Guy's Ranch Kitchen. And Guy Fieri is kind of ridiculous, but <laughs> let's be honest. Oh, gee, I gave it away. (laughs) (laughs) But it does seem like he is like the nicest guy. Everybody loves him and he's very philanthropic and everything. And and he has this show, Guy's Ranch Kitchen, where he brings all of his friends to his ranch and they all cook different theme, you know, different food on a theme. And he has a lot of uh, frequent guests like he has Manit Chohan on a lot he has Christian Petroni on a lot he has Justin Warner on a lot uh so you know those are some of his I think best friends but then you get to see just a lot of Food Network personalities like Artie Sakura and Eric Greenspan and uh and and a bunch of different people come and and it's just fun to see like they had a Thanksgiving one where it was all different uh, sort of creative takes. Alex Gornicelli, she's on there a lot. Uh, and uh, I like seeing all these different takes on, uh, on a theme. And, and they really do have a lot of chefs there. So I say, he must be just a nice guy because people want to be on the show. Yeah, when, uh, yeah, when yeah. they... Yeah, when he won that season of Next Food Network Star, they had no idea what kind of monster they unleashed. That's right. Like when Emerald Emerald Legacy, or I almost called him Emerald Legacy, Emerald Legacy announced, and the winner is Guy Fieri. You might as well have been saying, "Release the Kraken." <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, you got to give the guy credit though. He gave a lot of money to to struggling uh struggling restaurant workers and things like that during the pandemic so but uh but his whole shtick is just so so ridiculous but i uh i i think i like the show and it always comes on after chopped for some reason yeah and so then I, i'm always like ooh, and then i watch it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they catch me in so 
anyway, that's my next choice. What about you? Well, my next choice is again from the History Channel, and it is American Pickers. This was in a phase where I was just like watching Pawn Stars and then like the, the spinoff shows like American Restoration and the other one, Counting Cars, that's the one. And kind of like grouped together in there was American Pickers. And I just, I like this show. I like the concept of these dudes going to yard sales and just be like, hey, what is this? This is junky looking thing is worth $10,000. You're like, in what universe? But they they make it work. And I just, I don't know. I just like learning the history of it. I love learning about these small little side stories that where the person got it, how they have held on to it for so long. It's these, it's the little things, but that's what I love about it. And I love the passion that the two hosts have. I'm blanking on their names right now, but I'm sure if you all have seen the Mike show. And Frank. That's, Mike and Frank. That's who they are. Yeah. And, and I just, I just really like the show. I, I like, I like, I like how down to earth it feels. Yeah, I liked it for a long time. It started to feel a little staged after a while for me. And so I kind of, I moved away from it. But I, I do like that part about it, just sort of learning about all these different artifacts and all these different, all these collectibles and things that you wouldn't think would have any value, have value. And uh, yeah, it was a, I, I grew to like it better than Pawn Stars. Yeah. That I, also feels really staged at, at a certain point. Yeah, it, it became a meme for a while where it was like, I've got this thing. And Rick Harrison's like, I'll give you a hundred bucks for it. I was like, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I guess they, they've turned the pawn, that pawn st- uh, shop into like a huge business uh and most mostly selling like uh merch from the show <laughs> that just that makes a lot of sense because pawn stars was like the biggest thing history had for a good yeah. long while yeah so I much so they had like a uh they had a spin-off cajun pawn stars but let's not talk about that oh dear especially well, now they don't even, i don't think they have the show anymore right now that the old i man think died. It, i think it got canceled if my yeah. memory serves I think because the old man died. Oh yeah, I I always liked him. I yeah. I liked how just how, I not sassy, but I liked I liked how kind of dour he always was. Yeah, he's like Chumley, you idiot. <laughs> I feel like sometimes he said what the rest of us were thinking. He was the voice of the people. <laughs> All right. Well, my next choice is a new show. It's only got four episodes so far. It's Alex versus America. And it's definitely a little over the top. I might not last with it very much longer, but, uh, but <laughs> they are sort of treating Alex Cornicelli as if she is, they even say in it that Serena Williams plays tennis, Tiger Woods plays golf, and <laughs> Alex Cornicelli cooks. And I'm sure she's an amazing cook, but I don't know. I mean, that's a lot. I wouldn't go quite that far. (laughs) Anyway, the whole conceit of the show is she is put up against three other chefs and they're given a theme and they, the, the first is uh, her against uh, these three other chefs. If any of the chefs can in the end beat her, they get $20,000. 
but uh, they have to pick the chefs pick what protein they're going to use how much time they're going to have and what uh like challenge they're going to have or a different thing anyway and they uh, i do appreciate that almost always they pick longer because i think one of the things that differentiates the great british bake-off from stuff on the food network is the great great british bake-off gives their contestants a lot of time and so i feel like you end up with more interesting cakes and thing other projects you know and they're just not as rushed and sloppy and and all the same they do sometimes run out of time but they give them more time plus they give them time to practice so that helps too and i i just i feel like these shows would a lot of times be more entertaining if they had a little a little bit more time whereas so in this sometimes they'll have 45 minutes sometimes an hour and i i appreciate that it just makes it better i think and uh, and then the second round one person goes home and then it's it's just the two chefs against alex and so far alex has won every single episode so i don't know uh, maybe she is the michael jordan of uh, of cooking i don't know but uh but anyway it was pretty entertaining <laughs> i remember there was a chopped thanksgiving episode where they actually gave the contestants 60 minutes i'm like what sorcery is this? Because every <laughs> chopped round was 20 for appetizers, 34 entrees, and 30 for desserts. Anything beyond that, like like 40 minutes, I thought was like, yeah. oh, you're being generous. But when I heard 60, I'm like, <laughs> what show am I watching again? Yeah. I wish they gave them did that more often. I really do. But uh, but it always is fun to look at all the food and <laughs> imagine what you would do. Like, make an entree out of ramen noodles and salt. You have 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. What's your next pick? So speaking of Guy Fieri, here's one of his other shows. It's uh, Guy's Grocery Games. And this is kind of like the supermarket, uh, the supermarket game, the supermarket swap, I think it was called. I, I, um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that game. But you had the cooking element in there also. And I, I, I love this show too. I, I think it's a lot of fun, especially how the, <coughs> excuse me, how you got to run up and down the aisles, like think on the fly. And then, and then I, and I love like the little mini games where you have to like go down a certain aisle and sometimes you'll get like, like the cleaning aisle and like get something out of there no matter what. And they got to be, on top of that uh, i i love the concept of it and i have seen older episodes of supermarket swap and i do like that but i like that they added the cooking element in here as well yeah i think this one's a pretty good one too sometimes the the challenges can be a little too much for me you know when they have to like just do such ridiculous things like hop on one foot while cook. i mean i'm making that up but you know what i mean just like really over the top and it's just there's a side of me that's just like just let them cook i want to see what they can do you know whereas like chopped they'll have like crazy ingredients but usually they just let you know let the chefs cook yeah. but uh but yeah it can be fun that show and they have good judges on that show i feel like yeah i agree mm -hmm. yeah all right yeah 
my next one is uh, not a Food Network one. It is called The Queen of Versailles. And this is a documentary from 2012. It was at Sundance and all this different stuff. And it is a, uh, it, it's a documentary about Jackie Siegel. She, is, she uh, was uh, this, the wife of this man, David Siegel, who was the owner of Westgate Resorts. And they built this house that they decided was their own Versailles. And uh, it had, uh, I don't know how, uh, it's, uh, see, if completed, if completed, it would have been the largest single family detached homes in the United States. Uh, one of the largest. And it never got finished because their financial, their financial situation changed. And uh, when uh, they had a big falling out in 2008 with the housing crisis. And uh, so they, all of a sudden, they can't finish their house. Uh, they have to lay off all their servants, their pets. And I don't know, it's just a, it's an interesting movie because it's about this excess at the same time, but it's also about uh, this really, kind of strange one <laughs> this character so it's it's a it's a very uh a very interesting documentary um you know not one that'll be super boring because these two especially her she's she's a character she's a character and um i don't know just to see because when they start they're not i don't think they're planning on it being uh, that kind of documentary and then uh, they have this turnaround and all of a sudden it's becoming something totally different. Uh, yeah. So it's a, it's a good movie. I recommend it. Have you ever heard of it? This uh, no, this is the first yeah. I've heard of it. Was this on history channel or where was it on? It's just on discovery plus. So I'm not sure oh. where it, um, I, I saw it in there. I'm not sure where it, let me see. It was a big Sundance darling in 2012. Which, by the way, I don't know if you had heard, I got my um, my Wells Fargo uh, accepted my dispute and and gave me a credit for the Sundance. Isn't Very that nice. Cool? Good on was, Wells Fargo. Yeah, so they're my favorite now. Um. Uh, it doesn't have any like network. I think it's just a movie they have on for some reason. Um, documentaries. They just have a documentary section. Oh, gotcha. On the on um. Important thing to note, kids: have enough money before you build a mansion. Yeah, I mean, and this thing is over a hundred thousand square feet. <laughs> wow yeah so but they really do have a lot <clears throat> a lot of documentaries there's a really good one on Selma Blair 
Um, there's uh, one called Lily Topples the World, which I saw at Sundance or South by Southwest last year about this girl who makes these uh, dominoes, um, these incredible dominoes creations. Um, like the kind you knock over? Yeah. And I mean, they just take up like a whole room sometimes. They're really cool. Wow. Um, yeah. Anyway, they have a ton of different documentaries. Uh, and this one is, they have the um, RBG about Ruth Bader Ginsburg that was good. So if you're looking for some good documentaries, uh, of course, there's a lot of nature ones too. But this one is quirky and funny and sad at the same time. <laughs> uh, so check it out. What about you? What's your next one? So my next choice is from Food Network again, and it is The Worst Cooks in America. I remember my mom and I watched the first couple seasons of this, and I'm mediocre at best in the kitchen. I certainly haven't burned anything or haven't. All my food has been edible. That's what I will say. Watching this, this show makes me feel like, oh, I'm Wolfgang Puck. I had no idea. And, and making food can be very hard. I, I want to stress that. But some of these people just like, wow, Amberell's stomach must be just made out of cast iron to eat some of this crap. Like, especially in like some of the earlier seasons where it's just, it's like, have you ever even stepped in a kitchen before? Like, what are you people up to? But, uh, but I love the transformation of this, how they start out kind of hopeless. And by the end, they're like, oh, they're actually pretty good at this. And so I love that. I love the spirit of that. And they have to cook the full five course meal. And, and it's surprisingly tension filled. And the, there was this one, I believe it was in season one or two. It was one of, it was one of Bobby's team members, Bobby Flay. He was making this creme brulee and the creme brulee fell. And I just, I felt so sorry for him because that was the thing he ended up losing on. And I was just like, oh man, I'm so sorry. And so it, it's one of those shows that starts out making you feel better about your cooking skills, but by the end, you're rooting for these people. Yeah, yeah that show it also does a pretty good job of breaking down the different parts of cooking. So it, it she does a good, I feel like Ambrell is probably a, a pretty good teacher in real life. Yeah. And so they make not, it feel pretty believable. Not to mention she seems to be a very nice person in real life. Yeah. And you don't have that many train wreck reality shows anymore. You know, like you used to, obviously you had American Idol and things like that where, you know, it would start out where people were, you know, with all these terrible auditions and, and then you get to the good stuff. And I feel like that's maybe for the best, that's a sort of a trend that you don't see as much anymore. Now it's right to the good stuff. Yeah, give me a show where Gordon Ramsay is like, it's rule, like, like nine times out of 10. Yeah. Well, my final pick is called Who Do You Think You Are? And this is a fun show where a celebrity will go on with a professional genealogist and they research their genealogy. And so they find out, you know, who their ancestors are and their stories. And, um, and I think it's really fun uh, to, to learn more about, even though it's not my genealogy, I think it's interesting to learn more about people in their past. And so I, I like the show. I think it's cool. Yeah. This... To see what it means to them. 
Seems like a very expensive 23 and me. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but uh, but 23 and me doesn't give you like the stories, you know? Oh, fair. Your family and, and learning more about. And it's fun too when people find out they have like outlaws, and, uh, you know, kind of bad people in their family and stuff like that. It's, uh, I don't know, that's enjoyable. So, and they... I mean, I know Clarkson was on, Kelsey Grammer was on, um, Regina King was on, you know, so there's, they have a pretty good variety, I feel like, in stars that you get to learn more about their, uh, and you don't only get to learn more about their ancestry, but you get to kind of follow them as they learn about their ancestry. So uh, that one, I think, is a pretty, pretty good one. Uh, what about you? What's your... So my last pick is basically my gateway drug into Food Network. It's Iron Chef America. And I was thinking I had recommended this before, but if I haven't, I'm recommending it now because this show is amazing. It, it's, hosted by, it's, it's hosted by the chairman who is actually in John Wick chapter two or three. And I had to like think to myself, wait, is that the chairman? And turns out, yes, it is. And just seeing him in there and just like, wow, that's my childhood right there. I love, because I was actually watching an episode before we ended up doing this. Uh, I was watching an episode, and I love how Alton, Bra Alton Brown is kind of like the John Madden, rest in peace, of this whole thing. Like, he's calling yeah. these, like, mushrooms have entered the play here. And it just, Alton Brown is the perfect person for a show like this. Like, he's got a brain about this big. He knows every ingredient under the sun. I, I love the little on-the-field reporter. I can't think of his, it, I think his name Kevin is Brock. Yeah, him. He's awesome. And I love the chefs. And later, they, they start out with Bobby Flay, Masafari Morimoto, and Mario Batali. And then they added, um, shoot, they added Anne Burrell later. She started out as Mario Batali's sous chef, and then she became an iron chef in her own right. And There's like Kat Cora and Alex Cornicelli. And, uh, yeah. yeah. And so, and, and at first, like, I, I, it was shocking because in the first episode, the chef was chosen for the challenger. I'm like, wait, I remember it used to be the other way around. The chairman would ask them, who would you like to face? And there was dramatic music. You'd be like, I'll oh. face Chef Flay. Why not? I think that was all an act, though. I, there's no way they didn't know that, oh, you know, who they were going up against. There's no oh, way. Sure. Yeah. But I, I love Iron Chef, too. I'm with you. That is so entertaining, uh, especially when they'd have a really weird ingredient. And, and in like, I love when people try to make, like, strange things like turkey ice cream or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I remember there was one episode where the secret ingredient was tongue in cheek. It was literally cheeks of things <laughs> and tongues of things. It's like, do you yeah. get it? But it was interesting to see what they came up with. Yeah, or there'd be like some weird fish and there would be a dessert course and you're like, what are you doing? Why are you doing <laughs> What would you make for dessert? Like the episode I was watching was scallops and they're like, how would you make a scallop dessert? Like you can't, you physically can't. Yeah, I would hope it's not. But, uh, but yeah, I, I really, it's a really good show for sure. I really enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, so there we go. We did it. All our recommendations. <laughs> so i had the best thing i ever ate guys ranch kitchen alex versus america the queen of versailles and who do you think you are 
and I had Forged in Fire, American Pickers, Guy's Grocery Games, Worst Cooks in America, and Iron Chef America. Yeah, so I think it's it's really a fun uh, streamer. I It's underrated, I would say, streamer. Yeah, really like great. I said, Discovery Plus and Tubi and these others, it's like they're they're really getting good. And so yeah. and so it's caused me to give it it's given me pause because I remember I, I have the Tubi app on my phone and I'm just like, Wow, they've actually got yeah. some good stuff on well, here. Well and Tubi is free, so there's I mean it's a win win. It's a double value right there. <laughs> yeah. So uh, well, great. Let us know what you like on the uh, Discovery Plus or on the, on the Discovery family of channels. We'd love to hear your favorites. And uh, Ryan, how can people find you? They can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at RyanCam20. And there's, of course, my YouTube channel, which is just called RyanCam. I'm at 200 subscribers, y'all. It's amazing. Hey. Amazing, amazing feeling. I'm on the road to 300. I'm going to be like the Spartans. It's going to be 300 of us. It's going to be great. <laughs> uh, Life in the Movies podcast. Uh, uh, we're recording this on a Wednesday. That means Life in the Movies podcast episode five dropped. Jacob and I covered all the movies for February on my outdated equipment, but we got it done and that's all that counts. My Twilight Zone vlog for the classic episode, The Howling Man, will be dropping a little later this week, as well as my first reaction for Fargo. And then, of course, I'll be covering Jackass Forever and Moonfall when those come out. And then on Sunday, I'll be doing a deep dive on Scott Pilgrim versus the World, the Edgar Wright movie. So that's going to be a lot of fun. If you haven't checked me out, please do. Great. And yeah, it's been a busy week for me. I had another one of my Barbie reviews this week with Barbie and Princess Power. And that one was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that, ep uh, that episode of Family Movie Night. And then we also had uh, my uh, 2022 animation preview with Larry. So much fun. And then on Thursday, we had my recap of Sundance with my new friend, uh, Shay Wiley. Uh, we had a great time. And that's the best gift that Sundance gave me because there weren't that many good films. But I got to know Shay and I got to know Justin who I had on the podcast to cover and they were just really fun. So that's the gift of these festivals is, is uh, making friends. Anyway, we had a good time. And then we also have movie nerds club coming up this oh, Saturday yeah. where we are doing the best adaptations. So look forward to that. And uh, so very good. Let us know what you think about all the things we talked about and thank you so much. Please like this video, please subscribe to the channel. And if you're listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. We appreciate it so much. And uh, check out the Patreon group and merch store and, uh, and uh, let us know again, what you'd like us to cover in the future. And we'll talk to y'all later. Bye everyone. Bye.